Hello, hello, and welcome into the Simon Short Podcast. Uh, I am Simon Short. It is the 35th episode of the Simon Short Podcast, so I first want to just say thank you all so much for tuning in, listening, those of it that have been in, you know, since the beginning, the, the dark days of January, just getting this thing started, really appreciate you being here, being around. Um, for those that have just kind of hopped on, whether it's since the spring or the summer, really appreciate you guys listening and joining in on the ride. Really excited for this episode. It's one that um, I've wanted to do for a long time, as you can tell from the title. Uh, we are ranking all 29 Marvel movies in the MCU. Me and Mohamed Mehdi, who you've heard on this pod with uh, fandom topics before. So we're really excited to do this pod. We went pretty long on this thing. Uh, you're gonna see you're gonna see a runtime. I, I haven't exactly clipped it down just yet, but between an hour and an hour and a half or so. Um, but we ended up taking almost three hours to record this. We we really got into it um, throughout, had a lot of really good discussions on these movies. And I think it was just the right way to do it. So we're, we ended up breaking this up into two episodes. So just so you know, when you get to the end of this podcast and we're still only in the, in the late teens or so um, in our rankings, that is why. So we're releasing the first uh, part of this episode Thursday morning, as usual. Um, where we get into some of our discussion about uh, what we look for in an MCU movie. And then we get into our ranking starting down from the bottom, 29 on up. And then Friday morning, the rest of the episode will be released. So we'll finish out our rankings going all the way up to our number one ranking. And then a brief discussion at the end, just of how we went about this process, what we were surprised by, what we liked and didn't like, stuff like that. Um, so just wanted to hit you guys with those pro programming notes so you know what was going on. Again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, please enjoy the show. Welcome to the Simon Short Podcast. I am Simon Short. Today is Tuesday. It's a little earlier than I normally record, but it's Tuesday, August 30th. To me, that means it's still the summer. You're listening to this uh, starting on Thursday, September 1st, which I call the fall. I don't care what animal comes out when or what the temperature is. September is fall. August is still summer. What have we been saying all summer on the Simon Short Podcast? Summers for ranking things. And that's what we're doing. We're finishing it out here strong. Um, the biggest ranking of anything that I've done on this podcast all summer. I'm thrilled to be doing it. I'm thrilled by who I'm doing it with. Once again, it is Muhammad Mehdi. We are undertaking this project and we are ranking all 29 of the MCU movies to date from phase one here through where we're at currently in phase four. Muhammad, how are you doing? How are you feeling about uh, today's podcast? Doing well, man. I feel like this has been 14 years in the making. <laughs> Something like that. Um, although, as I'm sitting here, I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't wear my Spider-Man shirt. I wore it when oh. I was playing this weekend, but I'm wearing this dumb lobster shirt. So, <laughs> I'm sure we can find a way to relate the lobsters. I'm sure there, there's a mention somewhere. Although now I'm just thinking about Umbrella Academy again, and, and we did a whole pot on that, so right. we won't go back down that road. Um, so again, as I stated at the top, Muhammad and I were ranking all of the Marvel movies. We when we were talking about how to do this, how to best go about it, we, we decided to come up with a rating scale. So we came up with a scale of one to 10. We put actual parameters on it, which I found really, really helpful in terms of 
you know, you get a gut feeling when you watch a movie, hey, this was a three out of 10. This was an eight out of 10. But what does that actually mean? So I wanted to put some some parameters around it. It's still qualitative more than quantitative. Muhammad, the research guru, could probably talk about that more. But uh, it's still just some words on a page. But here's what we did. Here's what we called it. So starting from the bottom, a one is just bad. Like it's just a bad movie. You don't enjoy it. You'll never watch it again. Two is bad. But there was one positive thing. There was something I enjoyed, but it's still a bad movie. Three, bad with multiple good moments. So it's a bad movie, but there's multiple cool things that happen throughout. Four is fine. I didn't dislike it, but I wouldn't really watch it again. But I didn't have a bad time watching it. Five, it's a good time, but it's not a good movie. So here's where we get into that distinction of, hey, you know what? I can throw it on, you know, if it's on AMC on a Saturday and there's commercials and I'm doing other things. Uh, and I just want to see a couple scenes. That's cool, but it's not that interesting of an actual movie. Six, the movie's all right. I'd watch it again, but it's not the thing I'm choosing to watch. But it might be something where if it's been a while and I see it, I'm like, hey, I'll watch this. Seven, it's good all around, but not great. Eight is really good. Nine is amazing, but maybe just one or two things keeping it from the 10, which is the all-time great. Um, so that's how we, we put those ratings together. We threw all the movies in, we rated them, then we ranked them based on that. Um, quite a little project. But Muhammad, I want to start with this. When you were when you were watching these movies, when you're thinking about these movies, what makes a really good MCU movie uh, in your eyes? Yeah, so I think my my mind first goes in the MCU, um, especially when we're thinking about something that spanned 14 years, 29 movies, seven or eight shows. I think the continuity is probably the the biggest thing for me is just like, how does it connect and does it make sense? Um, or is this something that is being forced? Um, so I think uh, seeing the plot line and how it connects to these larger projects and, and how it goes um, is probably one of the biggest things for me. Uh, another thing is genre, um, is, is what is the director or what are the showrunners or you know the, the people behind the scenes, what type of take are they uh, using in this movie? And, and I think that can make or break uh kind of how the movie is perceived and especially in the the um progression of character especially with ones with uh multiple movies which at this point is almost all the characters so um you know it's, it's very interesting to see you know say for example like thor uh his progression and how they kind of rebooted him uh with ragnarok and and uh looking at infinity war and endgame and um, is the love and thunder so uh, the genre and how each director kind of takes it through um, character development and seeing how uh, character progresses and develops and grows uh, we may not see that in one movie but uh, having it again with a continuity piece makes sense uh, like let's say we see Doctor Strange uh, in his first movie seeing his progression throughout multiple movies and, um, and, and interacting with different characters, you can see that growth. Um, and so seeing how these characters not only grow within themselves, but also as a result of connecting with the other heroes or, uh, or other folks that they interact with. Um, action sequences, like, yep. you yep. know, that I think that's why we're there, right? Like with, right, Pop exactly. and, yeah. Yep. So I, I think that's, that's probably one of the, the biggest things as well. Um, and especially when it's pulled off so well, um, like I think all of our uh, work in the sense of watching and paying attention and uh, being involved with this universe kind of paid off with like an end game type moment where we saw this huge 
CGI battle sequence. Um, but even in the individual movies, seeing, you know, there's, it's always in the third act, right? There's always this final big battle mm -hmm. between the good and the bad. So, um, but I mean, it's done really well, so I'm, I'm not going to complain. Um, so yeah, I think those are probably it. I am also a big plot person. <laughs> so uh, again, having the story be intriguing and again, with that continuity piece of it building upon uh, the, the world that's established, that's been established within the past 14 years. So yeah. All great points. I have all of those as well, uh, I, particularly on the action thing. Um, how good are the action sequences? It's almost something that we we think about we don't think about but we can feel it right it's not something we always talk about when we talk about how good or not good a movie is because it's an action movie so we just assume there's action and we kind of yada yada what the action sequences look like but i'll throw an example out here real quick in phase two you go from for the dark world to captain america winter soldier two starkly different movies and it's not just because of the acting and the story and the character development which is very different between the two but even the action sequences, I mean, you got Chris Hemsworth, who should be one of the premier action movie stars in Hollywood, not just in the MCU. And their fight scenes are, are just bad. Like they're slow, like the hammer swinging is slow, the punching is slow, the moving from place to place is slow. And then you go to Captain America Winter Soldier and you have maybe the best action sequence in all of the MCU, the opening scene on the, on the boat when Captain America drops down, no parachute, swims onto the boat fights all these guys in the middle of the night yeah yeah and it's just it's completely different so i think that's such a big one some other things i looked for um and these ones were almost those are all very good like qualitative ones that you mentioned some that were like almost yeses and yes and no one or zero for me was who's the villain do we have a clear and interesting villain and, and interesting can mean a lot of things it can mean a killmonger who you can see kind of both sides where they're coming from and it can also be a, 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 an ironmonger where it's he's interesting just because, you know, I like his personality and he you know wants to blow stuff up. And but it's not necessarily he's that deep of a character. So it can mean a lot of things. Um, if you don't have a clear antagonist, I, I might not like the movie as much. Um, the, the humor and writing, a very basic thing, like how well does the chemistry between the characters, between the actors, how well is the script done in terms of is it cheesy is it forced is it not does it flow well um and then the last thing that that i had was just that third act that you mentioned how long is it that's a big one for me it, every single movie so so a peek behind the curtain here on july 12th muhammad and i decided we were going to do this on july 13th i i sat down and between then and maybe like august 10th I watched every single one of these movies again. I, I watched them all in this like three to four week period of time. And every time we got to that act three final fight scene, I would pause the movie and see how long was left. If there was more than 30 minutes left at that point, chances are that fight scene, the end of the movie was going to drag and feel too big. Now for Endgame, Infinity War, Civil War, those big ones, that doesn't count. That doesn't feel like there's enough going on there. But like Thor, the first Thor movie, you pause it there's at the final fight scene there's 40 minutes left in the movie completely unnecessary you don't need to do all that so so that's a big thing that that for me that i was looking for um muhammad anything else you want to say about any of this before we hop in with uh revealing our official rankings 
Yeah, I like the your villain comment, and I, I think uh, I'm thinking hey. of like my favorite movies, and they all have like a well established villain, and that that it makes sense. And I think one of my biggest gripes with uh, the MCU is sometimes the villains seem too easy to beat. Uh, right, like yep. they make them like they build them up in like the first two acts, and then like oh, it only took them what like twenty minutes to dismantle them, and now we never see them again. Um, whereas like you know we see a Thanos character who's like his intentions, like we can see where he's coming from, or like same with mm-hmm. Killmonger. Um, mm-hmm. And I think those villains kind of live longer in our hearts and, and kind of how we remember these movies as well. Yeah, I think I think we'll come back to this villain conversation because. There's, there's a tier of really good villains. There's a tier of not so compelling villains. And then there's a middle tier of this could have been a really good villain, but we got rid of them too soon. Uh, and so we'll definitely hit on that with a couple of those uh, movies there in the middle. So the way Muhammad and I are going to do this is we're going to go from 29 up to one. We're going to reverse order, build the drama. Uh, also, maybe give Muhammad a couple more chances to rearrange some of his orders at the top. We'll see. Um well, basically, I'm going to ask Muhammad what his his movie is at this spot. If I have it higher than him, we'll we'll save the conversation for then. Um, if I have it at the same place, then we'll talk about it at that point, and, and we'll just do that beat by beat. We're going to try to not take two and a half hours to do this, um, but if we do take two and a half hours, then at least we had a lot of fun. So maybe you will too. But we'll see what happens. Uh, without further ado, Muhammad, give me your worst ranked mcu movie to date give me the rating that you gave it tell me why tell me what the movie is the incredible the amazing hulk at a Tough. whopping one. Oh my gosh <laughs> uh, yeah i just i can't man i, I watched this one two years ago and mm-hmm. I, I remember it like not remembering anything from it and i can mm-hmm. tell you from this moment you know like I remember the major plot points from my rewatch last year or two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's the actors different, right? It's Edward Norton. Yep. Um, the it just it just doesn't feel like an MCU movie. It just it almost feels like it's removed. And I'm really glad they um that they rebooted yep. the character. Um, but yeah, it's just one of those movies that like you'd have to pay me to watch it, right? Like you gotta pay me like twenty dollars at least to sit through like two hours of it. Like I just I can't bring myself to like ever be motivated. Like I will never be sitting on my bed and be like, you know what I want to watch right now? The Incredible Hulk. Um, so <laughs> I think that's kind of where, where I'm at. Um, it, it's very forgettable for me. Um, I just I just feel that sometimes even the MCU kind of like brushes it under the rug. Of, I mean, they brought they bring up some references in She-Hulk. Uh, but even then I was like, oh yeah, this did happen in the Hulk. I guess I that would be a reason to rewatch, but I still think I, I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> I hear you. Um, I don't have it too much further ahead, but I do okay. have it a couple spots higher. So we will revisit the Hulk with some of the more detailed things, but that definitely makes a lot of sense. Here at 29, and obviously we won't go too far into it because we clearly have different ones at 29, right. but I have Thor The Dark World here. Um, I'm sure it won't take long to get to it on your list, but I gave this a two. I didn't have a one. I, I enjoy these movies in general too much to say it's just plain bad and I'll never watch it again. Um, but this was pretty close. And I will just, I'll, I'll before I lay out, we'll, we'll talk about all the issues with it when we get to your list. But the one thing I did enjoy was towards the end of the movie, the scene where they break Loki out and they all flee Asgard um, 
to, to head back to Earth uh, around the middle of the movie, towards the end, I think. Fun, funny, exciting, entertaining. Uh, that That's where we see the, the Chris Hemsworth and um, Tom Hiddleston chemistry with all those guys. So I did enjoy that. That's what makes it a two for me. So uh, that's there at 29. We'll come back to that movie when we get to it on your list. But let me hear your number 28th ranked movie, your second worst movie in the MCU thus far. Uh, for me, it's The Eternals. Uh, and it was a close tie with the one above it. Um and yeah, I, it just felt like very long, drawn out, um, didn't feel connected to the other universes because at the very end, right, like there's a celestial with his hand raised up and like no one's acknowledged it since, you know, um, and so it just feels like they were, tr- I don't like saying this phrase, but like they just felt like they're trying a little bit too hard with this mm-hmm. one. Um, but overall, I did enjoy some of the 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 actors' chemistry together. Um, I did. I gave this one a three. Um, so it, it is one that you know, my first watch through it, I I somewhat enjoyed it um, with just kind of like what they were trying to do. I just think the execution of kind of that storytelling um, it just felt a little bit drawn out, and it felt like they were trying to take themselves a little bit too seriously in the MCU, which is famous for not you know so uh and then again like talking about continuity uh it just felt like they kept bringing up like oh we weren't here for the big battle and with Thanos because of this they just kept bringing that up but it still doesn't make sense you know what I mean like I also have this movie here I also gave it a three um here's how I felt about this movie this was the one movie actually I think there might have been one more but I forgot to actually take notes on because I was just dreading watching this movie again. Um, yeah, the the continuity is real. The and just the like, why? Like, what is what is this movie doing for us right now? We we get these big amazing characters that could have done so much, and, but we're after Thanos and like it's already happened. It would it might have been more interesting if we got this running concurrently with the snap. Like maybe if we got this eternal story during the snap. And then it then it would be a more interesting conversation of why didn't you guys do anything? Why didn't you? Oh, well, we can't interfere, yada, yada. That might have given a little more weight uh, other rather than, hey, yeah, the snap already happened. And by the way, we've been here the whole time. Uh, I just didn't really get it. Um, I didn't I, I can't tell you I love too many of the characters that were in it. Um, I know there was a lot of things with like reshoots and cuts and things that got weird, like. Kumal Nanjani was probably like the hit of the movie, but his character Kingo had some very weird story arc going on where right. he just like didn't show up for the last fight because he was right. like, I don't want to fight my friends. And it's like, well, human kind like human wise, like I can maybe get that, but like this is a superhero movie, dude. What are you doing? You kind of have to fight. Um, definitely, I mean, this uh, I was about to say, like, try to say something nice, but I, I don't really have much for you. There was some good action stuff. There, there's some good stuff between the characters. Uh, the, the Sprite story arc, I did not need at all. Um, let's see. I wanted way more of Makari in this. Makari and Druig were the best part of this movie. Right. Uh, and then Gilgamesh and Dina were the second best part of this movie. And we got, they were such ancillary characters that, um, it didn't even matter to the actual storyline of what was going on and, and how easily could we call Icarus, the handsome, mysterious Richard Madden, just showing up after centuries of being gone 
and and us just know like okay yeah clearly he's fooling them and he's a bad guy i thought it would have been way more compelling if we knew from the start you know knew right within the story knew we see this scene with ajak at the beginning where he knows and he's trying to stop them uh the, the rest of the eternals it, that would have been a way more compelling story than us as the audience knowing he was going to be bad and just waiting for the reveal so yeah i have this at, i have this down at 28 and well. what really puts the nail in the coffin is they made Icarus fly into the sun. And I was like, this is, it's too much. It's way too much. See, I almost like that because it was like, okay, you can be corny. You can, you understand this. Right. And maybe now maybe they weren't trying to be corny. Maybe they thought it was really smart. Like, ah, oh, Icarus flew into the sun. I found right. it corny. So I thought that was intentional, but yeah. And then, uh, yeah, let's make a uh, Fastos. Let's, let's make a, uh, the, the one black guy who is also, part of the LGBTQ plus community be the reason for the uh, Hiroshima bomb. That's also not a great look. Right. Um, <laughs> all right. That was enough time on the Eternals. Let's <laughs> go to your 27, Muhammad. What do you have ranked at 27? I had Thor too. Um, okay. The Dark World. Yeah. So you, you touched on it a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's just, again, <laughs> I guess what I do enjoy in an MCU movie is also them taking uh, that lighter approach to it. And it's just way too serious. I remember we were we were in college when we watched this one and I went to the theater and we went to like our campus movie theater, watched this. And it was just, I don't know. I just, I was ready to leave. <laughs> um, and so since I've rewatched it, and I think um, kind of gone, like had a better reflection to that movie. So with this one, I, I rewatched it recently um, and I can see a little bit, like you were saying, that relationship with Loki and, and Thor, um, was great. I thought uh, the scene with his mom um, and that and their relationship there was was prob- were probably my biggest uh, mm-hmm. takeaways from it. Uh, I gave this one a three as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, overall, I mean, it, it's just one that I wouldn't actively seek to remember or like rewatch. And I see its importance with the ether and and its connectivity and you know the relationship with Jane and and Thor. Um, I guess what I didn't like, and I will touch on this when we get to Thor three, Thor four, uh, Love and Thunder is, you know, we never really got resolution for the, um, for Jane Foster's character until like 10 years later. Um, yeah. So it just seemed kind of like, where did this character go? They kind of explained that they broke up, but we didn't really get to see anything. Um, and so I think that's that part of it is also they just kind of let that open ended. Um, where, oh, they seemed all happy together. And then we next see Thor and they're, you know, broken up. So, yeah. The the Thor-Jane arc is one of the more disappointing things that I think has happened in the MCU because going back and re-watching Thor, the first Thor movie, I actually liked where their relationship was headed. Uh, it was, when I think about it before re-watching Thor, having seen all the way up through Ragnarok at that time, before Love and Thunder came out, the, the Thor Jane thing, like everyone's just out on, right? Like it's the worst relationship in the MCU. Like there's nothing there, nothing there. You go back and watch the first Thor and you're like, okay, I can see where this is going a little bit. I think there's something to this. And then there's just nothing in Thor The Dark World. So that was disappointing. I think part of that was, that might've been the movie uh, where um, Natalie Portman got the director hired mm-hmm. on that one. And then they got fired during the shooting. So that might have been why some of that chemistry just kind of like lost its edge at that point. Not 100% sure. Um, 
as I mentioned earlier, the action in this movie is just bad overall. And then from a storytelling choice, it was just a weird one. I didn't care about the Dark Elves at all. Like no, nothing about the Dark Elves, nothing about uh, the, the, the main elf, nothing about his buddy who made himself into a super zombie elf. Like not, just none of that resonated with me at all. I was like, I, I don't care. Why do these people want to come to Earth? I, you know, it meant nothing to me story-wise. And, and you mentioned there did end up being connectivity, and that's a really good point. It's just a really long time for the payoff on that. Like we made Thor the Dark World important 12 years later. Right. And I, it, yeah, it, it loses me there. Um, okay. So we've done your bottom three to this point, correct? Yes. Okay. I'm going to give you my, my 27th movie here. I have Iron Man three here. What? I have Iron Man three here. I think this is one of my more controversial takes. Um, but I'm going to give it anyways. Uh, I assume you have it higher though, obviously, because we've gone through your yeah. bottom three. So I won't go too into detail here, um, but this was my only four that I gave out. I think a lot of it has to do with there, there are definitely some things in the storyline that didn't age well. And then some confusing things with the plot connectivity um, didn't do it for me. But we could talk more about that when we get to right. your uh, ranking of Iron Man 3. So, Muhammad, give me your 26th ranked movie at this point. Thor number one. <laughs> so, I have this too. I have yeah. it right here also. Okay. Yeah. It's just, it didn't do it for me. You know, I just, yeah. um, I remember at the time um, and I, I think with all of these movies, I can kind of remember where I, where I was in my headspace of, you know, I was in there and I was like, Oh yeah, I enjoyed that. And then I was talking, <laughs> I was actually at Panda Express um, after the movie, talking to some friends Classic. and uh I was like, we were talking about it. I was like, did I actually enjoy that? And it, I had to like kind of second <laughs> guess myself right. of uh, just, you know, again, just like this all important God and, you know, the stakes of it are always ever so high. And it's just, I don't know. I, I think Chris Hemsworth, I just felt like, again, taking himself too seriously, felt very pretentious. Um, not what I was expecting, I think, from from the Thor movie. Um, I think I remember being excited by the end credits and and seeing, I think it was it Cap Shield at the end of that one, I think. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep, yep, yep. Um, and so, yeah, so being more excited by the end credits um, overall, I feel like it's a very forgettable movie for me. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think it just, it, yeah, I, I think they forced some of the things that felt a little bit rushed. Um, and then, like you said, the, the like the end credits or the 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 phase three uh, the, the third the end fight scene, yeah, third yes, mm -hmm. fight scene was a little bit too long. So, yeah. uh, but always love me some Loki, um, and so uh, that that was uh, I, I think he kind of um, redeemed it a little bit. I ranked it a three um, as well. Okay, wow. So yeah, you're you're a tougher critic on your eggs. I gave this a five. So when I went back and watched this, the first the first half of the movie, I actually really enjoyed. I liked the pacing. I liked the exposition. I liked the character development, the action, et cetera. So that's where we get, okay, Thor is off fighting a war. He comes home. So we know he's this great warrior. There's parties and revels for him. And then we, have, we see how he's kind of just an annoying brat and like really full of himself because then he and Loki and, and the crew go off to fight 
a whole nother like planet of, of the ice giants, right? And then think they're so great and they can do whatever they want. Then he gets banished by his father and he goes to Earth and he has no powers. He can't wield the hammer anymore. There was a lot of really interesting stuff in that. I really liked the beginning of the movie. Um, and then it just completely lost itself in the second half. Like after hang, you know, talking to Jane by the fire, hanging out with Eric at the bar, and then getting breakfast with everybody he like loves earth and would do anything for it. You know, it, it, we just really missed a middle section and the last that, you know, third act that you mentioned, it was 40 minutes. When I paused that, as we got to that last fight, 40 minutes, you could have split that in half and given 20 more minutes to some, you know, character development to some, anything else. And, and it would have made this movie way, way better. Um, the, let's see second half drags as i said and, and so we get a big jump in the middle and then the second half just drags anyways um what i do like about all the thor movies is the like funny corny cheesy way they do their exposition and plot like dump right information dump um which makes sense because thor is this like greek you know norse story so you get stuff like that i like the way they weave that in the CGI and acting are a little corny, but it's a superhero movie about space gods. So like, I think that actually even fits all right. But yeah, uh, they didn't know what to do with the character yet. Hemsworth didn't fit right into the character yet. It took a couple movies, um, but this, yeah, I have it right here. I gave it a five because I enjoyed that first half more than I expected, but it is definitely uh, lacking in a lot of stuff there. Um, give me your 25th ranked movie here in the MCU. 25th is Captain Marvel. Okay. I have this very close. Uh, so okay. let's go ahead and do the whole Captain Marvel. I have it at 24. So okay. let's go ahead and do the whole Captain Marvel cool. conversation. Um, so I gave this movie a four. Um, I think looking at this character and it being and her being so powerful and especially close to uh, in, to Avengers Endgame. And this might not be fair because I'm also kind of thinking about her role in, in the fight against Thanos mm -hmm. and her just kind of piecing out after the snap. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, I mean, overall, I, I think the relationship with the Rambos, uh, seeing Sam Jackson, um, the Tesseract, I thought was cool. Um, although when I was sitting there, I was trying to calculate where the Tesseract was, and it, it felt yeah. like we were so far removed from that phase. Yeah. Um, and similar to Black Widow, it just felt kind of out of place in, in yeah. kind of the release order. And yeah. so I feel like if it was released a little bit earlier or in closer to that phase one era where we were still kind of in that Tesseract phase and, and kind of the beginning of the, the MCU, uh, and then we can plug Captain Marvel in later, um, I thought that would be a little bit better to kind of understand in the large scheme of things. So, so yeah, I, I think overall it was great to see uh, Nick Fury um, get an introduction to the scrolls and it kind of being a recurring joke of just like, who's the scroll here? Mm -hmm. um, yep. And especially far from home and seeing, you know, Nick Fury was actually a scroll right. and, and some of the other uh, MCU projects. So I think I did like it for, for that sense of, that it, it brought a little bit of kind of light and enjoyment in, in the scrolls and introducing this new society. Um, but overall, I think it was a little bit of a forgettable film. And I think it was also a lot of a hype being built into it 
it being the movie right before Endgame of how does this lead, uh, how does this lead into uh, the um, the next chapter of this story or the conclusion of the story, and you know it it does pave a great way in the sense that Captain Marvel brings home um, Tony Stark on the ship, and you know Nick Fury did ping her, and so we got a little bit of closure from that, but. It just felt like that was the reason we got her in here, you know? So, um, but yeah, that's why it's at a four for me. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. So I have it uh, right here at 24. And um, so I have it at a five. I gave Thor a five when we backtracked to my 25 here in a minute. That's also a five. It's my first grouping within the same rating. Mm-hmm. And they got it for different reasons. So going back, I actually gave this a six originally and it didn't fit with my other sixes so i brought it down to five our definition of a five for me was was, it's a good time but it's not a good movie you go back you turn on captain marvel you're gonna enjoy parts of it i like going back to the 90s theme i think brie larson's uh comedic ability it fits well with at least most of the writing in this movie i thought her banter and chemistry with Sam L. Jackson was fantastic. Just the best part of this movie by far was just them talking to each other and and riffing off of each other. I thought that was great. Um, That said, (laughs) everything else was, was just pretty bad. I felt while I could tell the relationship for her and the Rambos was, was really big and important. I felt that the chemistry in terms of going back and forth with the lines felt really cheesy and forced the line. I felt like with the two actors, they could have been so much better, I think, but I felt like the lines and the writing that they went with just kind of made it seem like the low hanging fruit of what these two would say to each other. And I felt like they could have done more with that. So I don't know what, what the issue was there, at least for me. Um, Ben Mendelsohn was just fantastic in this being a scroll and then being a human self was just really great by him. Um, but this movie, and I think you hit the nail on the head with the most important part, it just didn't do itself any favors. It, it was in terms of where it was released, both timeline and our time, right? In phase order and timeline, because a little too little too late in terms of the fe- first female led movie coming here at the end of phase three. And then also doing doing a half origin story is, is really tricky because we didn't see her start out as somebody who went into the military and then have gained this power and then do this. It's, oh, that, that already happened. She already got this power and now she's uh, supposed to be like this human that the Kree just have adopted and she lives here now and she's part of the art, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, I mean, I tried to go through in this, it, it looked in 1989, she gets her powers, but also gets amnesia. Now it's 1995. She's had her powers, but she's still learning how to use them. Um, I would have liked to have seen this movie where she starts at the beginning. We see her in in the get attacked on, on Earth. And then she's a Kree. And then, you know, we kind of move through there. If we had moved through that a little more quickly, got more of a true origin story, I think that might have helped it a little bit. Because um, then... You, once the amnesia went away and she unlocked everything, then it was like, oh, now I'm the most powerful person ever. Um, so it just didn't do itself with any favors. And I think they were trying to mix up, you know, they, they've gotten a lot of flack here, especially in phase four for too many origin stories, right? So maybe they were trying to think of a new creative way to do it. I just don't think it worked. Um, but I have it at a five here. 
and I have it at 24, you have it at 25. I'm going to give you my 25 now because it was one you mentioned before and it was the Incredible Hulk. Um, so I gave it a five. I liked some of the stuff they did, but it, you're right. It's very much an Ed Norton movie, not an MCU movie. It's very easy to watch this and forget that it's actually part of the MCU. Um, if if General, I forget what rank he was at this point, but if Ross wasn't in this movie, you wouldn't know it's actually in the MCU, right? Um, he brought in, uh, Norton brought an interesting spin on the character, but it was definitely too serious and like dreary for the MCU. This was one of those movies that was missing a true antagonist for me because he was mostly just on the run for most of it. He didn't really fight anybody. He wasn't really fighting the abomination until the last like two fight scenes of the movie. He had the first scene facing Emil Blonsky, who my favorite line of media talking about the MCU came from Blonsky. And it was Jason Concepcion on binge mode when <laughs> highlighting. And I think they might have said it in the movie, actually. But Blonsky hits the tree and his body's just a bag of gravel. That's what his bones are. <laughs> and it's just like the funniest thing ever. Um but he's never really fighting anybody, right? He, he's fighting himself, his inner turmoil, his being on the run, yada, yada. But if you don't have that thing you're really going up against the whole time, it, you're, you're kind of missing out for me. Um, another movie where you don't really get an origin story. You know, the, we kind of get this cool creative thing in the opening credits where you see him experimenting, researching, doing stuff, and then uh, making the change on himself, becoming the Hulk. But that's like mixed into the opening credits. Um, I think that also ruins any chance that we have of him and Betty having a relationship we care about within the movie. Um, there's just, again, nothing there. Uh, didn't love Liv Tyler in this anyways, but the connection with them, I didn't think was very good. And I think that's because we turned the movie on and in the first scene, he's just like, Oh, I love that lady sitting in the park. And it's like, all right, man, weird vibe, but you know, do what you gotta do. Um, <laughs> So it just it, it just wasn't great. The action and CGI were actually pretty good for this time in the MCU. So I do give it that. I, again, I thought it was interesting the way they did it, but just not very good. Do you, do you have anything else uh, that you wanted to say on, on The Incredible? Yeah. Would you, you say, gave a one found, famously? Yeah. I just found it so funny in the most recent uh, She-Hulk episode, spoilers, um, <laughs> that... Uh, uh, Mark Ruffalo was like, uh, don't worry about it. It was, a, I was, it was a different time. I was a different person, literally. <laughs> I was just like, that's so funny. Oh, God, it was so good. So good. Watch watch She-Hulk, everybody. I mean, I'm yeah. sure if you're listening to this, you've probably tuned in. But um, all right, yeah. Any That's Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've hit that. That was 29 for you. It was 25 for me. I hit my 24 already, which was Captain Marvel. Uh-huh. Muhammad, what's your 24th ranked movie? Mine is Iron Man 3, so you touched on it a little bit. Um, okay. You made it seem like I was the worst person in the world. You have it three spots higher than me. What as soon as you said that, I looked at it and I was like, actually, yes. It's pretty low <laughs> for me. Um, I think I just have kind of a fond spot for any of the Iron Man movies. Um, I just feel like I always wanted more. Um, mm-hmm. Just Robert Downey Jr. on set, I, I think. I just loved it. And just the whole cast of characters. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree with kind of what you were saying earlier, um, just kind of how it relates, some of the continuity errors. Um, and I do love how they try to patch some of that with the uh, um, 
was it the Mandalorian? Not the Mandalorian. Uh, the Mandarin. <laughs> yeah, it's late, yeah, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Mandarin. Um, and I actually watched a little short uh, that they released uh, mm-hmm. after. I yep. like that. I wish I'd seen it earlier. Um, right. They released it uh, very close to when they released the movie because it kind of gives some some closure um, to that. But uh, but yeah, I think anytime I see Tony Stark in a suit, I will uh, enjoy watching that. I gave this movie a six. Nope, sorry. Just kidding. Yeah, I did give, <laughs> give it a six. Again, very late, everyone. Um, so yes, I, I mean, it's one of those that anytime it's on, I will be watching it. You know, um, I, I just love the, the world that they build. And I think just the directing and acting style uh, the chemistry between the characters, you know, Happy and uh, Tony and Pepper. And, you know, anytime those three are on the screen, I always I, I feel like it's a good time. Yeah. It's, it's weird because when I think about the good things from this movie, they feel really, really good. So getting Detective Tony, uh, working with, with Harley, right. trying to figure things out, not as Iron Man breaking into the mansion, going full like commando, like what can I build with stuff from a hardware store? Yeah, that stretch, that like 30 minutes, I think Uh was so, so good. Um, But I, so I had this, again, I had this at 27, I gave it a four, um, which, you know, maybe I could quibble and give it a five and maybe put it at 26. I still don't think it would go any higher than that for me. Um, The, it's it's just a weird story. You have kind of a terrorist who doesn't end up being a terrorist. Right. You have sort of zombie people blowing up, but then they're not blowing themselves up. Um, and it was all for like a, a a tech arms race like that. It was just like, what are we really doing? And then the confusing ending. Tony destroys all his suits. He throws his chest piece in the ocean. He says, "I'm done with all this." And then three mo- movies later, he's Iron Man and the Ultron. Like what? Like and we didn't have anything in between, so we didn't see how did we get here? How, you know, so, so it hurts itself a little bit there. Um, and then just the Mandarin in general, just, it didn't age well, uh, right. it, you know, and, and they definitely retconned it. I think they owned up to it and, and it did what they could to make up for it a little bit in, in Shang-Chi, but uh, obviously it just doesn't age well. So this is just movie. I, I could just leave. I liked some parts of it, but that's where I have it. Um, so we have the same, what did we just cover? The bo- our bottom six? And we have the same six movies here, just out of order. So that's Thor The Dark World, Thor 1, Iron Man 3, The Eternals, The Incredible Hulk, Captain Marvel. We just have them in a different order. Mm-hmm. All almost rated about the same as well, ranging from, from one to a, a low kind of six there. Um, yeah, no, that's great. So let's move on here. And that was kind of like my clear cutoff as well. Those were like, these are my bad movies. Everything else, uh, almost going into another tier here, is kind of like what the kids these days would call mid. So let's get into that. Um, what do you have, Muhammad, as your 23rd ranked movie? Um, this is where it got, again, kind of hard because it's like it's down here, but it's still like an enjoyable watch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I had Doctor Strange 2 um, down here, and it okay. just, you know, it, it's not bad. Um, but I think just comparatively to the others that are, uh, left on the board. Um, and so looking at it, I, and part of it just might be the recency and, you know, the, all the hype that was kind of that led into it. And, you know, we talked about this movie on a previous pod, uh, but yeah, check it out. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out. Um, I mean, yeah, it was it was good. I I just think that there were just some things that didn't make sense. Continuity, uh, moving from WandaVision to Doctor Strange mm-hmm. 2, where Wanda kind of completely flipped the script and you know, the end credits of WandaVision are her uh looking at the dark hold and oh, so that means now she's gonna go completely villain um and throw out her whole development. Um, so that was frustrating to watch. Um, I will say the action sequences were really cool in this. I thought Sam Raimi had a really cool directorial style um, and the way that he approached it. Um, it was really cool seeing all the different Doctor Stranges. Um, but yeah, overall, I think there's just a lot of room for improvement and especially in, in the villain department. Um, I also enjoyed the Illuminati, but again, it just felt like they did this just for the fans, you know, um, and it felt a little bit forced um, and just having them all die within like the span of five minutes. It was a cool scene, but it just felt like y'all are just doing this to do it, you know? So, you know, this is another universe and it doesn't matter. So um, yeah. So for me, that just kind of was, it just left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. I think if we, this will be the last thing I say on, on Multiverse of Madness for now because I have it a little bit higher. Uh-huh. Um, but I definitely think putting it anywhere down here, I think my next like seven to eight movies could be ordered in a lot of different ways. But to, to that scene on the Illuminati, yeah, if we don't get a payoff of one of those characters, whether it's in their universe or another making a reappearance, then it'll kind of feel like, wow, you guys just kind of threw that in there because you didn't know what else to do. Um, which would also make sense because yeah, this was another movie that writing and directing wise, they had to make some changes pretty last minute. And that's also kind of the world of of what filming movies between 2020 and 2022 was like with the pandemic. So um, I think that makes a lot of sense. I will come back to that later. We'll hit more talking points there, but that makes a lot of sense at 23. I have Iron Man two over here and I rated it a six. Do you have, how, where where do you have it? That's your next one. So let's go ahead and just hit that now. Um, All right, cool. So I have it as a six. And again, a six on our ratings was it's an all right movie. I would watch it again, but I'm not seeking it out. So this is a movie that every once in a while uh, you're, you're scrolling through Disney plus you're deciding what to watch and you see Iron Man two and you're like, Hey, you know what? I haven't watched that in about a year. Let me throw that back on. Um, So I have it here at 23, gave it a six. Let me pull back up where it is. I liked all the cast here, the, this is the first movie we had Don Cheadle in. I think him and RDJ work great together. Right. Um, this is the movie where Scarlett Johansson makes her appearance. I thought she was great. Uh, Pepper Potts is obviously great. I, I just think every character in here was hitting 100%, and I really enjoyed that. There was a clear bad guy. Was Is it the best bad guy in the whole series? No, of course not. But you had a clear direction. You knew exactly what he wanted and why he wanted it. Um, I thought it was really interesting going back and learning a little bit more about the Starks and and what drives Tony and what drove his father. I thought that was really cool. Um, let's see the post the first fight at the beginning. The mm-hmm. the action isn't great in the rest of this. I think that's where it kind of loses me a little bit. It's very um, shoot a bunch of guns, which. In some movies, I think works, uh, but I don't think it works quite as well in this movie after we just came off of, um, you know, seeing it the first time, right? We wanted something a little different. 
because uh, we just saw Iron Man 1 two movies ago. But now it's just kind of like, hey, we're going to do it again, but now with more guns. And it's like, okay, like do, do something a little bit different. So um, that's really all I had on this. Again, it's all right. I have it as a six. It, it, you know, that, that's your TikTok thing, right? It's, it, it's all right. I mean, it's um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's where I have it. It just wasn't too compelling. It was interesting. It was fun. It's enjoyable. Robert uh-huh. Downey Jr., Jr. is great. The casting, I thought the writing, the chemistry was all really good. It just, you know, doesn't really do a lot for me. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, again, the the core, uh, the cast are really great together. And that in itself, just watching them hang out, I think would be a, a pretty good watch for me. Um, and I think it's, it's just very hard to replicate the success of Iron Man and kind right. of what made that movie so great. And contextualizing it as kind of in the very beginning stages of the MCU and the world that they're building, felt like they were still trying to find their footing in kind of what this formula can or should or would eventually end up being. Um, But yeah, villain, again, kind of forgettable, uh, but I thought there was some cool action sequences. You mentioned that that uh, fight scene in the the beginning when they're on the racetrack. Um, I thought that was really cool. And I remember seeing Tony suit up and like yep. a different way. Of course, it gets a lot cooler after that, but right. seeing the different ways that he innovates and all of that. Absolutely. Um, and I think part of what kind of draws me to Iron Man, of course, it's similar to Batman. He's like very wealthy, but it seems like anyone could do that. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. just put on the suit and um, be a hero. So, uh, but yeah, I, I like that they expanded a little bit on Tony's character and, and how he um, kind of came to be who he is and, and his relationship to his father. Um, but yeah, I think it could also have been cut a little bit. It felt a little bit long and and, and I felt like it, they could have gotten straight to the point. Um, but yeah, and, and just <laughs> the military industrial complex looks strong and especially in kind of these Iron Man movies. So that's probably a, a big negative for me uh, in, in these movies as well. Um, although I love Top Gun Maverick, I will watch that movie every day if I could. Um, but yeah, sometimes you can kind of see where, where they're trying to fit this in. Um, and, and especially in some of those early conversations in the movie. Yeah. I still haven't seen a uh, Top Gun. Uh, so good. My bad. Um, yeah. All, all great points. It's never a bad time to watch RDJ do his thing as Iron Man. I definitely agree. So we covered your 23 and 22 just now, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was my 23. My 22, uh, we'll see where this is on your list, but I have Avengers Age of Ultron here. So this is my lowest rated group team up Avengers movie. Mohammed, how much higher do you have Ultron on your list? It's two spots up. Okay, well, we'll talk about it a little bit more, okay. but just real quick for me to hit a couple things. Um, this, was a, this was a long one as well. Um, Again, this was kind of where we we swoop in and, and Tony Stark is Iron Man again. So you're kind of like, what's going on? Um, there's a weird part in the middle of the movie where it the movie kind of changes, but then it goes back to the movie it started out as, which kind of throws it off, I think, for me. Drags a bit at the end. So just it, it felt a little clunky. They're doing a lot in one movie. Um, that said... I still enjoyed watching it. It's an Avengers team up movie, that opening scene where they're, they're in the woods and they're invading Von Braun Strucker's uh, Hydra lab is phenomenal. Um, the intro to Wanda Maximoff is fantastic. So there's a lot of good stuff in it. It's enjoyable. 
Um, I have it here at 22. It's also rated a six for me. So we'll hit it for you in a couple spots here. But Muhammad, go ahead and give us your 21st rated movie in the MCU. Uh, so 21 for me is Black Widow. Um, okay. Enjoyed it. Uh, I think I would have enjoyed it more if it was released earlier. I think we talked about that offline um, where it felt out of place. Um, I did really enjoy the action sequences that it, that um, that they had in the movie and, and kind of how they built the origin. Um, although Natasha Romanoff was introduced in 2010 and we don't get this movie until 2021 when she's already dead in the present timeline. And I get that they wanted to introduce Florence Pugh and her sister. Um, but again, it's just like too little too late of this could have easily been done a few years ago. And as you mentioned about Captain Marvel, like they waited that long until 2019 to make a movie with a female lead. They could have easily released this in 2016, 2017, given us a little bit more rich history, uh, maybe had a call back to her sister and, um, right before Endgame or even in Endgame and then I think that would have made her death and her set off a little bit stronger uh, rather than oh she's dead here's her movie um, and now her sister's trying to avenge her death um, and so it just felt out of place to me uh, but I did the the whole story with the the widows I thought was was great but again at this point in where we are in the MCU in phase four how much impact does that have on the viewer and, and the continuity and how we move forward? Um, so again, just felt out of place, uh, especially with her being, um, you know, not not present in the, the future of the MCU. All really good points. I have this at 20. So I have it just one okay. spot ahead of you. So we'll, we'll keep talking about it here, actually. Um, I gave this a seven. This was one of my biggest risers. And probably if you count in where I thought it was going to be and where it ended up. Probably my biggest riser in my rewatch. I mean, I thought this was going to be a bottom three, four movie because of how much the timeline impacted it, like you were saying. Uh, but really, when you just think about it on its own and you just sit down and watch the movie, it's great. Um, I actually really, okay, great might've been a little much. It's very good. I really enjoyed it. I thought everything that happened within the movie itself was good now 2016 was a great point by you should they have just released made this movie and released it right after civil war put it in timeline order yes would they also have been better served if they wanted this to be in 2021 being a true origin story we we see her come up through the red room the first time around and then get out into shield and that's the end of it. Yes, that would have been good. Could we have seen this movie end up being completely different in some way, like you said? Yes, I think any of those things would have helped this movie, both in terms of in the moment when it was released, and even now, it might be higher than, than you know 21 for you and 20 for me. But I think um, this is a much, much better movie than Perception and what's remembered. Um, because while with Captain Marvel, you have a timeline of the release and uh, hey, too little, too late for this character, Marvel and Disney, step it up. Um, while that's a factor in both, uh, Black Widow is a good movie. If you just watch this movie, um, true, uh, it's a good story. The drama and discovery there for the character learning what she was up, learning what Black Widow was up to during that time, seeing her reconnect with her family, seeing her have a true mission and purpose during this time was honestly pretty impressive to find a compelling story 
after Endgame, but that takes place in the middle of the Avengers Infinity War saga is pretty impressive. Um, Yelena is such a good addition to the MCU. I hope we see her in a million things moving forward, just a rock star. Red Guardian is just hilarious. I would love a uh, in this Black Widow spinoff world that we're going to get. Can I get more Red Guardian? That would be great. The action sequences are all really good in this movie. And, and the humor and chemistry and, and good writing that I want from these characters is there in this. So I really like everything about this. Um, it's a top 20 movie for me, which is a good place to be. It's a seven. Uh, if I didn't say what my seven uh, rating means, uh, it's it's a good all-around movie, just not great. And the thing that probably would have made it great, like you said, is that connectivity to the other movies, to the rest of the MCU. Oh, I forgot to mention my rating. I also rated it a seven. So Okay. Yes. Perfect. Um, all right. Let's backtrack a little bit here. Two. Did you did you give your 22, your 22nd ranked movie? Uh, I did. It was Iron Man 2. Okay. So we hit that. Yeah. Did it you... was Avengers 2, which you had mentioned. Oh, That's Age of Ultron. You have 21? I have Avengers 2 at number 20. You had mentioned 20. it, I think, at 22, right? For you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So what? Um, and Black Widow is your twenty-one. That's right. Yes. So go ahead and hit me with your Avengers: Age of Ultron. Let, let's let's have that conversation. I have yeah. it at twenty-two. You have it at twenty. Yeah. So uh, to be honest, I moved it up as we were talking um, <laughs> through it, and it wasn't because of your comments. As we were, as I was looking at the rankings, I was like, I actually like this a little bit more. Um, I'm just thinking of some of the, you know, you mentioned the entrance of. Um, uh of wanda and, and her arc and i just one thing uh, it's just where did her accent go like <laughs> it was in this movie and then they made like a comment of just like oh i had to adapt you adapted within like a full year your whole accent was gone so that just always makes me mad um and so but yeah i i, I think overall i enjoyed it uh it's always great to see kind of all of the avengers hanging out at the very beginning and just kind of uh you know trying to lift a hammer and um i think what i like <laughs> and this isn't a good reason but i remember tony saying then it's the end game i'm like oh snap they foreshadowed <laughs> it uh so i think that's what kind of like uh pushes it up to me that in the the fact that kind of tony's haunted by this P ptsd of yep. uh um, of new york kind of continuing from the theme of iron man 3 and um kind of seeing the divisions and the cracks kind of coming between some of the characters that eventually leads to civil war. So just, I, I think it, it lives fondly in the sense that I, it's more of a movie that sets up the rest of the, uh, the phase three and the rest of the infinity saga. That makes sense. So you have it at 20 and gave it a seven, I assume it's also in that seven category. Uh -huh. I have it as a six and I put it at 22. So we're, we're pretty much in the same boat. Uh -huh. Um, a couple of the other things I, I didn't love. Um, it does drag a bit at the end, as I think right. I did mention. And there is a lot happening in the movie. So you mentioned Tony. When, when Wanda comes in and kind of zaps all of them there in the middle, I think it's, there, it's, the, it's the fight scene where they are uh, in with, oh my gosh, the, the smuggler guy. Uh, that's going to kill me. But anyways, um, and she kind of zaps each of them, right? And they all go through their kind of trauma. And, and that's happening for the next like 20 to 25 minutes. And then we see all of them kind of go on their own little personal journeys a little bit. And it's just kind of like, okay, why, why, what's happening? We're getting away from Ultron. Um, 
also with Ultron, he ends up just being kind of goofy by the end, which is which is a little weird. He starts out like so like such a badass villain, and you know he kills Jarvis supposedly, and then uh, he just comes in and he just questions everybody and tells them they're a bunch of frauds, and then he takes off and he just seems so cool and and evil and sinister, and then by the end he's just kind of a goof. But um, so that was weird. But you know James Spader voicing him is just like fantastic. He does a really good job of it. It is a movie. Uh, if I'm going to watch a, a MCU movie uh, with my wife falling, while she's trying to go to sleep, I can't watch this one because he's so creepy. And, and that it, because she's just like, no, turn that off. But that's not happening. You know, it's like, all right, fine. But that's how we know he did a good job. So shout out to him for that. Love that guy. Um, it just kind of loses me with that middle part. I think if you take maybe take that away, even though it does speak to Tony and his PTSD, um again we we got enough of that i think in iron man 3 which was just a couple movies before it uh which again kind of takes that continuity like okay he i thought he moved past that at the end of iron man 3 but now he's dealing with it again both at the beginning of this movie by creating ultron and then the middle of this movie fighting Ultron, and it's just a whole like rigmarole if you take that middle section out i think i feel a little bit differently about this movie um anything else you want to say on age of ultron there um i will just say that I enjoyed Ultron and What If, and if they made him more like that, oh my gosh, it would have been great. <laughs> that would be great. I would immediately sign back up for that. Um, let me hit you with my twenty-first because we haven't hit that yet. Uh, we jumped around and talked about Black Widow at twenty-one. I have Ant Man and the Wasp, and that's my first rated num- uh, as a seven. Do you have Ant Man and the Wasp coming up soon? Uh, in a few movies. In a few. All right, I'll just hit a couple beats here. Um, the Ant-Man movies are just so fun, man. They're just so incredible. I I liked that this ended with a a car chase slash heist. They they do this so well, where it's just a completely different vibe. Um, we've talked about con- connectivity and and the continuity of these movies. Um, I like that this is kind of its own thing. He pops in and out with the Avengers, but I don't need him to carry the whole story. Now, obviously, um, moving forward. And man is, is going to kick off this whole next phase. You can go back if you haven't already and listen to Muhammad and I rank the things we're excited for from Comic-Con where we talk about the, uh, the, the quantum mania. But for now, at this point, I just love what they've done so far with these movies. Um, it's not as good as the first Ant-Man to me. I'm, I'll be interested when we get to them to hear where you rate it among the first Ant-Man movie. Um, and then it does have that villain problem. Who is the antagonist? Is it the government? Is it the police? Is it this ghost? Is it a former business partner? There's just a lot going on. And, and I think they could have taken one or two things out and, and made it a little bit cleaner. But we'll, we'll hit that in a few when uh, we get up to yours. So let's see. In terms of your rankings, we're on the 19th movie. Is yes. that correct? Yeah. All right. Hit me with your number 19. I'm at Thor Love and Thunder. Um, and I promise I'm not bashing all the phase four movies, uh, <laughs> a lot of them are on this bottom half. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it's just hard to rank these comparatively. Um, and, and I think we mentioned a lot of these can kind of go, um, I'm like in, in, in any order. Um, and so this is another seven for me. Uh, I think, you know, overall I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was a great watch or the God Butcher. I thought was wonderful as a villain and, uh, like we mentioned a villain, just like you can see where he's coming from. And at moments you kind of want to, you almost want to root for him and, and kind of 
you, you see where he's coming from, right? Like these gods are just being punks and out of control. And, you know, especially from someone who's devoted their whole lives to, uh, to, to serve, um, to only kind of get that, that response at the very beginning of the movie where the God is extremely disrespectful and laughing and uh, poking fun. Um, I thought uh, Thor's uh, kind of continuation from Endgame, I thought from a continuity perspective was, was good. Um, but yeah, it just felt like there were a few things that just didn't seem to click. Um, his, the, the new Asgard, I thought was a little bit off with Valkyrie. It just felt like they would be in, in better leadership and kind of that con continuity saw her as a strong leader, only to see uh, new Asgard not as a tourist attraction and not that well run. And so, um, but yeah, and then just like things like Jane just getting reading a book and Hammer coming to her. It's just, okay, <laughs> that's great. So uh, just not well explained and just, you know, um, I think that's where, yeah, that's where I'm, I'm kind of keeping it at, at that 19. It's top 20, um, but I just feel like there's still a lot, a lot uh, better movies out there. I have this a little bit higher than you actually. So it'll be interesting to kind of talk about it when we get there. But I have it, I'll spoil it a little bit. I won't give you my exact ranking, uh -huh. but I gave it an eight. Now, not, not that much higher uh -huh. in terms of a rating, but I think that's kind of the Mendoza line for this net, this kind of tier going from that, that mid category to like a really good movie. So I, it'll be interesting to talk a little bit more about that. I mean, you raised a lot of good points. Though, so I'm not going to argue too much. Um, so let's hit my number 19. I have the first Doctor Strange movie. So it's interesting. You have Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness ranked lower than the first Doctor Strange. I actually have the first Doctor Strange ranked lower than Multiverse of Madness. What did you think? Where, where do you have real quick the first Doctor Strange or, or how, how much higher do you it's have? It's pretty it? high. <laughs> it's pretty high. Okay. That's yeah. okay. That's another one that's going to be really interesting. This middle bunch here, man, this uh -huh. is where it's going to be. This is where yeah. it was both toughest right. and toughest to rate and toughest to rank because my sevens in particular, this was another seven for me. I have seven sevens actually, and, and I could have put them in any order and been pretty happy with them. Um, but just a couple things for me with, with uh, Dr. Strange, I did love the visual shift in terms of what we were seeing on screen in this movie versus what we had been seeing up to this point. Uh, I was uh, very fortunately uh, kind of told ahead of time, hey, this is going to be trippy. It's going to be weird. So just kind of uh, right. put your seatbelt on for it. Um, and, and it was, and that was great. Um, so I really enjoyed it. I actually liked his, his chemistry uh, with his uh, other characters, which was really important. I think honestly, the thing that just kind of keeps it at a seven for me is kind of, there's a lot of white people in this movie, man. And, and that's, that's pretty tough. The ancient one, uh, we could have done a lot more with that, especially because comics can and not some old white person. Some, right. you know, it, we should probably, Mads Mikkelsen does well as Kaecilius, but again, did that have to be a white guy? Like, uh, I, again, just amongst these sevens, my, my sevens range from the 15th ranked movie to 21. I could have had it at 15 and been happy with it. Um, but I have it down here at 19. We'll talk about it a little bit more uh, coming up. What do you have, Muhammad? We've done your 19, right? So what do you have at 18? 
18, I have Ant-Man 2. Um, okay. So, yeah, not too much higher than where you were. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think anytime we have Luis on this, the screen, I'm like... Totally. Committed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, uh, I'm, I don't have too much more to say. Um, I think I was, again, looking at the release timeline. I, I'm always just kind of remembering where I'm at. And this was right off Endgame. And so just kind of, I was hoping for a little bit more of consequence. And, you know, we do get the whole time travel in, in, in game, and that's a big connecting piece. And, um, but it feels like we watched the movie just to get to the end credit scene where we see uh, Scott uh, being pushed into the machine and then everyone getting uh, warped around him. So, uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I think continuity-wise and impact-wise, it just felt like it was a very self-contained story, which I, you know, don't get me wrong, I love that. Uh, but looking at it in the sense of what did the, does this mean for the universe? Like we really needed it for two minutes at the end. So that's why I have it right here. Yes, definitely, definitely agree with everything you said. And just kind of to reiterate, my last point really on Ant-Man and the Wasp, the, just the adversary thing, because because the the story that they were telling with Scott, I think uh, himself was really good. That pull of trying to grow as an Avenger, trying to step up as a father, being loyal and, and growing with Hank and Hope. Uh, we could really feel that tension for him. We could feel where he wanted to go and we could see the growth by the end of it, what he ends up choosing. But just who the adversary is, is it the feds? Is it the criminals? Is it a ghost? Is it the quantum realm? um there's there's so we're, we're fighting so much it doesn't feel like we're fighting anything right so um i think if this movie was really just kind of stripped down because again it's ant-man it's uh, in a lot of ways supposed to be less consequential if they had stuck with that and just said hey this movie is about uh scott lang being on house arrest but hope and hank find out that they can save hope's mother so they break, break him out uh, of his house arrest, and he has to help them while staying one step ahead of the cops. I think that would have been great. That would have been almost like a quasi like prison break kind of movie, which would fit in with, with the heist car chase kind of movies that these have been. Um, and I think it would have just helped a lot of things. Ghost I didn't really care about. Um, and the brief fights against like yeah other uh, arms dealers i didn't well funny didn't really care about too much so i think it could have helped itself a bit but um that was your ant-man and the wasp was your 18 and it was uh -huh. my 21 um did you did you have that as a seven as well yes the sevens man i have a so lot of tough. seven <laughs> i have there's so many sevens um i'll give you my 18 real quick we'll see where you have it um and it was shang chi legend of the ten rings uh, do you have 17. okay great so we'll we'll do this one now um i really liked this movie i think it in terms of where phase four was we had black widow come out and then we had shang chi come out and i think after those two we all kind of felt okay phase four can go either direction at this point because shang chi was solid um, but I think it did lose a lot of people in the third act. I didn't mind where it went in the third act too much. We could talk about that a bit, but the action is so good in this movie. Uh, the, the bus scene is one of the best MCU action scenes. There is the pacing of the movie is pretty good. Um, 
it did the MCU you can kind of feel it here they have started running into an issue with dialogue I mentioned with Captain Marvel going over the low going for the low-hanging fruit for easy laughs um you could definitely feel that uh with with some of the characters I mean Aquafina's in there doing it but at least she's executing it really really well right like even even the low-hanging fruit she's at least really hitting that stuff hard so it's still enjoyable but it's still kind of like okay I knew that joke was coming like two minutes ago um all the fight club and all of its easter eggs uh was so great i loved all of that uh the personal journeys once they reached hollow was brief which i think was good because it was really moving and important for each of them so so that being shang chi that being um aquafina's character that being shang's uh sister everybody learned something in a pretty quick amount of time between arriving in hollow and then when wu showing up when wu is such a good villain i alluded earlier to the middle tier of villains where this could have been a great villain, but you got rid of him too quick. Um, I really wish when we was going to be in, in future movies, man, because he was just incredible. Um, his arc, his pain, his story, you can really feel it, understand it. He did have a lot of charm. I mean, you don't get a lot of villains in action movies, especially in superhero movies, sitting down and having dinner with you before they imprison you in a cellar down in their basement. Um, so you can really just see his struggle throughout the movie is, uh, hearing his wife his is remembering the good times all of that and he was just so such a badass he was so cool so bummed he's already already gone um you get the iron man 3 retcon trevor slattery being in this that's really great um the fight at the end between shang chi and Wenwu, and then obviously uh that third act that that i think is where it lost a lot of people in a movie that was very grounded it was a family story um it, it was a martial arts kind of action movie, something we haven't really had in, in the MCU to this point. And then we get a big CGI fight with with some dragons. Um, now, I will say for uh, a lot of uh, Chinese culture, you know, dragons are a big part of it. So it like, I think makes some sense to have that be a part of it. But I see where people are saying, hey, this isn't really what I wanted from this movie. It kind of lost me there. Um, and then I think just at the end, getting the we had some really good cutscenes that show us the continuity, um, but also maybe raised a few questions, which I know you're still uh, steaming about a little bit. Uh, She-Hulk helped sort of, but not entirely. Um, there's a lot going on here. I really liked it. It was really solid. I, I, I don't necessarily need more from this movie. I just hope they follow up on it. You mentioned it at the beginning. Where they take this character moving forward, I think will change how we feel about this movie one way or another. Hopefully it's good, but I have it right here at 18, which um, is about halfway for me. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think for me, the biggest thing is that it was very self-contained until you got to the end credits. Um, this is just like one, like in the 20s of installments in the MCU, yet you could go in blind and have a fun time. Um, and I, I think that's what I really enjoyed about it. Save for some references, of course, but for the most part, you can just go in and enjoy the movie. And, you know, I, I, as you mentioned, until the phase three really is, is not too expansive and does not get into the big Marvel action sequences. So, um, so yeah, yeah. Love the story. Love the Asian American representation. Love that they took something that was originally um, not politically correct, sometimes racist, and portraying stereotypes 
to something that uh, became a strong symbol for uh, the Asian American community um, and that we got some representation on the screen. Um, and yeah, I, I think I just love seeing the progression um, of Shang-Chi's character and um, some of the jokes. And you mentioned Aquafina. There's so many funny TikToks and video reels of, you know, Aquafina's character and how she acts in, in movies. And, you know, some of that cultural appropriation uh, is probably one of my biggest uh, gripes with the movie. Uh, but that's kind of her as an actor. So um but yeah i just wish <laughs> i wish ken jong was in this movie that would be great oh my gosh <laughs> let's just yeah throw him in there who else can we get in here yeah oh, that there. Uh, i don't know if you've seen crazy rich asians but it just felt like oh my had gosh, yeah. some, some of that formula in there absolutely um, and so i think if we just slotted ken jong in <laughs> but uh, but totally yeah yeah i would say probably like my biggest problems with the movie was i did love seeing me seeing me some dragons at the end um but yeah it just seemed very like what how did we get from this to this i guess podcasters can't see my hands but right. i drew a line it was yeah <laughs> <laughs> he did he did essentially a line graph where you were at a steady pace a plateau and then you quickly spiked up to the dragons i think oh and again obviously we haven't seen uh, where Shang-Chi 2 is going to slate into the MCU moving forward. If they had maybe saved a dragon fight for the second movie, I think the public perception would have been a little better on it. And yeah, it might have made a little more sense if we ended this with a big fight between Shang-Chi and Wen Wu at the gates of Taolo, and that was it. That might have been better. And then we saved the dragon fight for later, but whatever. I still. Uh, I was uh, fine with it, but it's still, I don't even think that would have made it like a top 10 movie or anything for me. Um, so that was my 18. It, it was your 17. Uh-huh. Let's hit my seven. We did your 18, right? Yes. Man, I'm losing track already. Uh, let's hit my 17 now. It was something you had earlier and it's Dr. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Uh-huh. Um, so I gave this a seven. I have it here at 17, a little bit higher than you. Um, but I get why you had it. You had it somewhere like 21, 22, somewhere in that range. Uh-huh. Okay. So I get why it could tumble down to there. I think getting to getting right to the main issue with it, the whole the sad woman goes mad because she lost her family trope is is so super outdated. Um it, it's such a bummer to see this character who we've seen grow so so much and build so much and come up from so much just get pushed back down is is really depressing even though it's comics accurate it's it's timeline accurate to the mcu what they've been doing it makes sense i could see where losing your children this way would drive anybody mad um so i get all of that from a tangible aspect but like we didn't have to do it like we could have done something else um that said Scarlet Witch makes for such a great villain. She's so dope. Um, it's really incredible. I think those scenes, all of her scenes, really just do it for me, uh, which is why I have it up here at 17. Um, the the Carmitage scene and, and everything in the 838 universe, everything she was doing, moving through the water, moving through the glass, breaking necks, turning dudes into spaghetti, like everything was just fantastic. She was really, really good in this. Um, I really like the America Chavez character. I thought that was a great addition. Um, 
I, again, I like the self-contained story. It does the weird Doctor Strange thing where Doctor Strange is sleepwalking in a dead version of himself from a different universe in his universe. And it just does some weird stuff, which I think is cool. Um, but I think if, if your main, if you tell me your main issue with this is why does the woman have to go crazy? Cause she lost her you know, husband and kids or, or whoever. I can't argue with that. So I totally get where anybody could have this movie kind of tumbling down the list a little bit. Anything else you want to add on Doctor Strange and Multiverse Madness, or did you get all your all your stuff off earlier? Yeah, I think I got all of my stuff out. But yeah, I will say like it was really cool to see uh, kind of the Doctor Strange moving through dimensions, like you're mentioning, mm-hmm. um, and then the implications for potential secret wars at the end in the cutscene. Um, yep. Yep. But yeah. Definitely. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to part one of this podcast. Um, Again, be sure to listen to part two of this podcast, which will come out uh, Friday, tomorrow. Uh, So be on the lookout for that. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.